Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. Hey guys, welcome back. I am super stoked for today's um, guests, Rivka and Rabbi Shlomo Shlotkin, because they are going to drop some relationship bombs on us. And you don't have to be married for that. I think you can apply these to friendships, any kind of relationship really. But real quick, we are coming into apple season, right? Apple season is uh, upon us and there is just apples everywhere. So guys, you've got to go find someone with an apple tree and borrow a juicer and make some like fresh green apple juice. It is flipping delicious. Did you know you can buy like turmeric root as well and juice um, apples and turmeric together and it's the most delicious shot and turmeric is like a super anti-inflammatory herb. It's the most widely studied herb in the world and it's really great for reducing inflammation, joint pain, all kinds of things. So um, with a super dose. And then uh, I also like like apple and carrot juice. Um, Or, you know, if you're feeling like, meh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, fresh applesauce is really quite amazing. You can simply do that. Like I'm really too lazy to take peels off. And if they're just from some neighbor's tree, then really there's no reason to get rid of the gunk. But if you do need to get rid of the gunk, you can soak it in like some vinegar and water or do some like enzymatic pro, uh, skin spray to get the junk off the gunk off. Cause you know, there's like wax on regular apples typically, or, um, usually some stuff to kind of preserve them a bit longer. You don't really want that in your applesauce by any means. So if you feel like peeling, cool. If you don't, cool, whatever. I would just core it and I would stick it maybe in the crock pot all day long with a ton of cinnamon and things. And good luck trying to save that because it's really delicious. I think you'll love it. So take advantage of what's seasonal and right around you if you do have apples around you um, or even if they're not. Whatever's seasonal and cheap right now is the healthiest thing because it's the most, it, it got the most mature. So I hope that's helpful for you today. And now let's go find out how to rocket relationships. So today on The Less Stressed Life, we're excited to feature a relationship, uh, a couple, a relationship expert couple that uh, 
that we were just having some tech issues and they didn't even fight. So I'm pretty sure they're qualified to talk about this, actually. <laughs> um, so, so with us today is Rabbi Shlomo Slotkin, which is the most fun name to say ever. He is a relationship expert. And along with his wife, Rivka, who is so sweet, they're the founders of um, the Marriage Restoration Project, a global initiative to help keep couples together and happy. So Rabbi Slotkin is a licensed clinical professional counselor, a certified Imago relationship therapist i had to look that up earlier it says that it it addresses the couple or um the actual relationship instead of just the individual so i'm excited for them to tell us more about that so he is he is a a counselor and a therapist a rabbi and a father of five wow i didn't know that which is amazing which i i grew up in a big family so people with big families are my heroes i always wanted to have lots of children until i started having them Um, (laughs) He is the author of the five-step action plan to a happy and healthy marriage, which has been featured on CNN, NPR, Fox News, Huffington Post, and Psychology Today. That is so exciting. Thank you, guys, and welcome to The Less Stressed Life. Thank you. you. We're looking forward to de-stressing. Yeah, less stress. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So how I met, I actually met Rivka in a Facebook group. You know how it is, just... You know, that's not even weird to say anymore that you met people online at all. Um, And we connected and I just really liked the vibe that these two had. And this is just such a um, great, useful topic, I think, when we're talking about that whole stress umbrella. In fact, we were emailing back and forth earlier today and they were mentioning, you know, an unhealthy marriage just negatively impacts your health in so many ways, right? Because if you're stressed out in any way, literally your nutrients are deteriorated and all those things. So kind of and you know, if you're living with someone and it's just a cloud over everything or things just aren't as smooth as, as they could be, your relationships, no matter if it's your marriage or your friendship or whatever, does cause a lot of stress. So I'm excited for them to unwrap unwrap all this for um, us today. So uh, earlier we were, I kind of was talking about this Imago therapy, if, if that's how you say it. Um, yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how you landed in that area? Sure. So, um, well, I guess we we can start. Well, yesterday or today is our 16th anniversary, actually. And so 16 years ago or before that, we we met and it was like a fairy tale. We just we met and almost on our first date, we both knew like that we were the one that we were going to choose each other. And it just was this perfect love story, even though we only dated like 12 times, got married three months later. And we moved into this little cottage on a cul-de-sac and everything just seemed like this dream life. And um, everything was great. And then we we got pregnant with our first child um, and we started to really have some pretty scary issues. And it was just kind of this shock, like what in the world happened to us? You know, we were so in love and we also prided ourselves that we worked on ourselves growing up. Like my parents are divorced. And so I always was very conscious about doing some self growth work. So I wouldn't repeat their mistakes. So we prided ourselves on being more, you know, quote unquote, self aware. And we were really good communicators. Yeah. And so it was really disappointing and scary when we started having some trouble. And coincidentally, you could say, um, we both heard about Imago therapy at the same 
same time. I happened to be getting my hair done and I was kind of complaining about things. And I said, what do you do when, you know, marriage gets hard? And the, the hairstylist told me about this thing called Imago where you go to an Imago therapist and one person talks and the other doesn't say anything until mm-hmm. the first person mm-hmm. is finished. So there's no response, no excuses, nothing. And I thought that's so interesting. And then Shlomo had heard about it also from a friend around the same time. So we decided to go to an Imago therapist and literally, Krista, after the first session, we were back in love, like no joke. And it was just astounding um, that after one, you know, session, things were really, really great again. That is, I thank you so much for injecting your story in there, because don't we all love to just picture the house on the cul-de-sac and how everything, (laughs) and maybe not all of us started in fairy tale. I know mine was a little bit fairy tale-ish at the very beginning, which (laughs) I think sometimes when you start so fairy tale and you forget to uncover any of the back end things, that's, that was what happened, right? You had some things that happened when you were pregnant. Um, You went to the Imago. So when you were pregnant, you started seeing that, that therapist? Um, no, no right after, after we had our going. first kid. So, you know, we're sleep deprived mm-hmm. and tired and like our role changed as parents, you know, n- now as parents. And I think that happens a lot with couples when they start having mm-hmm. kids. Can Kids can really be a doozy on a marriage. So it's important to make sure that the marriage is strong. So as parents, you know, you can be on the same page and so many other good things yeah, that rem- that reminds me of a question I got from someone. Well, it was kind of a scenario. She said, you know, what do you say to people that, and we'll probably get to all this, but I, I feel like it's natural fit here. Um, sometimes people will say, well, if we'll just have a baby, everything will be better. If we just get married, you know, some people have these issues before they, right. if they're in the relationship, right? If we just get married, it'll be better. If we just get a new car, it would be better. If we just got a new house, it'll be better. It's always that other thing, right? Um, and so, I mean, so what do you say to someone who's like, let's just keep grabbing for that that next thing um because yeah sometimes it's not all the baby thing you're right you end up in a totally different state of mind and maybe a little bitterness when one person doesn't change enough diapers you start keeping score no i don't know but um yeah it's kind of it's yeah it's so stressful yeah but I, i think that i mean in some ways i think it can bring people together because they're not so focused on them on themselves and, mm. and their issues. So they're a little bit distracted. I'm not saying that's, that's not necessarily a good thing, but um, you know, a child can, can provide distraction. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if you need a house and you, you know, you're cramped living space that could also help alleviate some stressors. Um, but if you don't have a solid foundation, it's definitely not going to be a cure all. And while it might alleviate some stress, it's not going to deal with the root issues. And, and every couple has st- issues that need to be dealt with that's part of the process i love that that's so important to really make sure the foundation's solid yeah that if i if i could you know just take one piece out of every important factor in life marriage nutrition finances like all these wonderful things it's like make sure you start with a solid foundation the end right yeah yeah absolutely so you guys went to an omago therapist then you were in love and then what happened? <laughs> well, well, I was hap- I happened to be getting my master's in counseling psychology at the time, and also was looking to be a pulpit rabbi. And our therapist said, "You know, you should really do the Imago training." And I said, "I was thinking, well, this is really amazing because it, it's therapy that actually works, and I could help a lot of people whether I'm doing this full time or not. It still would be a good thing to to know how to do." 
so I was I decided to take the clinical training, and we wound up deciding not to move kind of to the middle of nowhere to be a pulpit rabbi, and we decided to stay home in Baltimore. And I wound up working for a pastoral counseling agency in the Washington area and started doing the mago. And then after shortly after you were working for a pastoral counseling center, we decided to actually start the marriage restoration project and he kind of branched out on his own. It actually came about because I was having a conversation with a neighbor, a, a girl like about 12 years old, and she was telling me this terrible story of how hard it was her parents had recently split and I guess they had decided to date again and her parents were bringing her along on these dating weekends and she was I know and she was babysitting and it was just so such a sad story and I just came home one day and I was like we have to do something for these children you know who are suffering from their parents divorce we have to create some sort of initiative to you know keep families together so that's really how the marriage restoration project was born and then in looking for how we could serve people all over regardless of distance Shlomo wrote his book which reached a lot of people and then there's our blog and different other resources that we have to help couples but um like you found us and it's just been really wonderful being able to be in touch with so many people all across the globe, uh, regardless of distance. Yeah. I have two, a two point piece to this first. Um, I can't believe all that you give away for free. And as we're going to talk about some of the high points of one of Shlomo's books, but I can't believe you give away this book for free on your site. So I can't wait to tell people where they can get that. You guys are very, very giving. Um, I love your, your vibe and your, um, just the, the mission. And it's not easy to say, to see a problem in the world and say, how can I do that? How can I help with that? Like we can all do a little piece of it, but to really try to take, I feel like you probably are taking a multifaceted approach. And can you tell me a little bit more about what the marriage restoration project is? Because you just talked about families and that's not even what I would have guessed. So tell me a little bit more about that. So we're working with couples in many different ways. Uh, But in general, you know, this is inspired by Rivka's really vision to be able to help families stay together and to help children just like her who had to deal with um, the, the effects of divorce. But we have private programs where we work with couples with private retreats, intervention. We also have group retreats for couples and we have our online program where we have resources for couples to be able to learn how to work on their relationship. And that's along with all the other free resources like our book and our podcasts and our blogs. The online program is called Marriage School, and it's actually built on the five steps of the book. So it's a Mm -hmm. really great supplement to the book because it goes into so much more detail. So if you love the book, you'll love Marriage School because it goes, you know, there's audios and videos, but it goes through each of the five steps in so much greater detail. So it's really actionable and doable you know, for everybody. Right. And it's the one th- and the thing about the marriage school is not only can you do it together with your spouse, but you can do it on your own. We just got um, a letter from someone today who they, they had read the book and they, their spouse agreed to do marriage school with them, but they decided they weren't so into it. But so the, the, the wife did it on her own and she applied it and she really has seen a huge, a huge difference in her relationship. So we feel like there's so many people, I'd say half the people that call us or even more have an I would say an unwilling spouse, so they're not even mm-hmm. going to come to get counseling. 
So we felt that we needed to provide a resource for those people out there so that they could improve their relationship, even if their spouse wasn't fully on board at this time. Oh, that's actually a really big deal, I think, because that's the problem, right? Like you must have multiple willing parties. So if you can do something on your own and and at the same time, this kind of goes back to just all like personal development, psychology is sometimes when you're just so unhappy, it makes sense and you just think that it's all someone else's fault. It makes a lot of sense to turn to turn the lens on the inside and make sure you're examining yourself first, right? And to make sure your mindset's in a good place. So if we yeah, were gonna talk Yeah. Um, if we were going to talk about those five steps, I was just kind of curious first, like how you arrived on the five steps of the book, which we're going to talk about in a second. But what are some really common, like, did that come out of hearing the same things over and over from clients when you were working with them one on one? Are there really common marital pain points or things that like you could tell someone, hey, you're not alone. A lot of people have the same issue or, or where did where did these points come from? Well, I think it was a combination of working with couples and seeing you know, who were the couples that were successful, who the couple, who were the couples that could have been more successful, and then also seeing with our own journey in our relationship what we went through and what we had to do to kind of make to save our own relationship. Because we not only did we have trouble like in the beginning of our marriage, that trouble kind of reared its ugly head like I'd say about 6 years later. Um, I had actually gotten involved in like a multi-level marketing in one of those network marketing companies and I was so gung-ho with it and some of them are great but it really took me away from the family even though they always say you're you know you can do this on the side while supporting your family and growing and your doing business it for your family. and I'm doing right. it for your family and I was selling skincare but I was home not home every single night and that really was creating some problems and so I was really pulled away and really interested in growing my business and Slomo just was my was the rock like he was always there even though it was very painful um and I basically came home after he was doing unknowingly these five steps um we both didn't really realize he was doing it but he was and that is what brought me back home so we realized once that was way behind us and he came, you know and he put it into kind of a plan um we realized hey this you know saved our marriage again mm-hmm. <laughs> um this this can really bring others home when they have an unwilling partner okay well you guys bounce into it i really want to hear these five steps and if I have questions, I'm, I'll interject. But I just, I need you to give us, tell us the the 30,000 feet of the blueprint on how to stay in a happy, healthy marriage. Sure. So the first step is commitment. And that's really huge because if you're not committed, you know, you can't even get to ground zero. So commitment means just knowing that I, I'm in this relationship. I want to make it work no matter what. I'm not thinking about, you know, what if I married someone else? Maybe there's somebody better. Really fully in in the relationship, invested in the relationship. And I find that once couples have a commitment, everything else is, <laughs> that's the hardest part. After the commitment, after you've committed to being in the relationship, then you have to think about what are the areas that are kind of drawing me out of the relationship? What are the ways that I'm exiting, checking out of the relationship? So once you make that decision to be in the relationship, you have to make sure that there are no energy leaks and that's seal the exit. So it's, you know, whether it's benign activities such as, um, you know, sports, the gym, uh, Facebook, um, the kids, 
workahol, you know, working late hours, or it's something even more serious like drinking or substance abuse or even more serious like infidelity. These things all need to be closed so that you can be in this relationship. So you've decided to be to be in the relationship. But you need to close these energy leaks so you don't get sucked out. And then once you're in that relationship, it feels a little bit scary because you haven't actually dealt with all the problems and the toxicity. So that third step is detox your marriage. We want to just kind of make sure now that you're fully here, now that there's no energy leaks, you're kind of face-to-face. We need to learn how to relate to each other in a healthier way. So that means eliminating negativity, criticism, blaming, and learning a new way to express your frustrations, to ask for what you need, uh, and to treat each other with respect. After that, after the the energy is balanced out and it's a, a safer and a cleaner less toxic environment, then we learn about how to acknowledge the other. And that means really being able to understand that you're in a relationship with someone who is not an extension of yourself, but is an other person, which means that when you're speaking to them, you, you're speaking in a way that's respectful, acknowledging that they're an other, meaning all because I want to share with you something upset with you and I want to just unleash on you, doesn't necessarily mean that you're available right now. So I need to honor that and realize that you might be feeling differently than I am at this time. So I have to check in with you. And also, especially in listening, as Rifka was saying in the beginning with the Imago Dialogue, that we teach couples how to curb their reactivity so they can acknowledge the other when listening, meaning to really hear the other person's point of view, to not get reactive, to not be judgmental, but to come from a place of compassion. And this step is really where the transformation takes place. You really are able to get out of that conflict and see the whole big picture of your relationship. And it's really amazing when couples can can do that. And then finally, the fifth step is called love infusions. And these are the positive these are the positive activities that you can engage in to infuse more love into your relationship. So some of these things are daily appreciations, date night, practicing caring behaviors, meaning learning the ways that your spouse needs to feel loved and cared for and acting on those. That's and that's what entails in that step. And that step also can make a huge difference. And we always tell couples, and we write this in the book, that you know, some people are not in the place to, sometimes it's hard to seal an exit. It doesn't necessarily, even though it's a step-by-step process, if you can't master step two, you might need to start with step five. You need might need to make the relationship really positive and connecting and have fun together. And then once you do that, you could be maybe more committed to the relationship. So while ideal is commitments number one, it doesn't really matter necessarily which way you go. As long as you're working on practicing whatever steps you can, it can make an impact and it can help you be able to master the other steps. I took a lot of notes. So actually, that was I, as you were answering the question, that was one of my questions. Because the way in the system that I like to help people with, sometimes I do do things a little bit out of order. But if, if we do it majorly out of order, sometimes it doesn't work as well. But you're saying it's okay. You just pick the one that's almost the biggest priority or where you actually can start, right? Yeah, because we're we're dealing with pe- you know we're dealing with two people, mm-hmm. and like I imagine when you when we're working on yourself, you know, working on someone dealing with nutrition or diet, that you know it's maybe they're focusing on that person, so they have a little bit more control over what they're able to do. Mm-hmm. But we don't even know if you know when you're dealing with two people, you don't even know if the other person's even even fully there in the relationship. So you really need to kind of be flexible and you know do whatever you can to turn things around. And sometimes, it, as ideally, you would follow the particular steps. Sometimes people are just not there, and you have to kind of take them where they're at and 
and just put in that positive effort. Yeah, meet them where they're at. So if, if by chance you were working with two people, right? I mean, because some people are doing going through the program maybe by themselves and we can kind of talk about different ways to do that. But if you're going through, let's say, let's pretend you're doing one-on-one counseling with someone and they need to be at different places, then that's then they focus on the particular step that they're looking at. Is that correct? Right. So for example, if someone's having a hard time committing or like let's say one spouse even working with a couple together like there was let's say there was a little bit of an infidelity so the wife wants the husband to be really clear about how devoted he is to her and even though he's doing the best he can he's still in the marriage and he kind of basically cut off the other person he's not reassuring her as much as she might need so while ideally he would be more reassuring and be more committed and show that commitment but if he's able to do some of the other things and to work on, let's say, the love infusions, which maybe he can, uh, maybe being more physically affectionate, and um, that can make a huge impact, even if he's not quite there to be able to say, I'm fully committed to you and I'm putting on my wedding ring back on and um, because he's doing something. And we want to just appreciate that and to let the, let him do what he can so that eventually he'll be able to do what's more difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sometimes people aren't just ready. Yeah. Yeah. When you were first, like I would have naturally thought commitment was engagement or marriage, but you know, it might be long before marriage. It might be long after marriage, right? It could be at any real point. It, it's not yeah, necessarily I think it's a daily. Yeah. It's a daily. I mean, I believe it's a daily. Cho- I mean, you commit when you get married, but you don't really know what you're committing to until you, mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily commit to this. So, <laughs> really a daily it's really a daily choice and if you say i'm committed that means okay i'm having a hard time i'm upset right now i'm going to do whatever i need to make this work it's kind of like when you when people commit to their kids or to the, their health like you know oh i don't feel like getting up and taking care of the kids today but like we're committed we have the kids you know it's mm-hmm. like that's where we can't not so that's kind of the plunge that you have to take even in the marriage even if it seems like I don't know if I want to commit you know I'm really not that happy mm-hmm. but Shlomo's mm-hmm. saying actually once you do commit a lot of that doubt goes away because the commitment is that step it take what's the quote it's uh oh there's a great takes quote. Their, your head as a moves, yeah, moves com- your head as a barrier to your uh yeah commitment is like the it takes away your head as the barrier to I forget what it is. Free. It's in our box. It's a Starbucks. <laughs> it's from a Starbucks cup. I got a Starbucks. And I was like, wow, it's a great quote. For oh, you know what? It's the irony of commitment is that it is deeply freeing, freeing and healing. And you'll have to read the book for the rest of it. <laughs> That's actually yeah, a really great is, quote. Yeah. That but the happens. idea is that, you know, if you're, com- the idea is that when you commit, we think that commit, we're locking ourselves in. We are like, we're trapped. We're a prisoner. But you're not a prisoner. In fact, by committing, you're actually making a free choice and you are choosing to be in this relationship in a more active way. Yeah. You know, this is totally inappropriate, but I, as I'm trying to relate to that, uh, those thoughts, I'm like, yeah, I totally have to shave my legs a lot less when I'm married. Just joking. Just joking. Not completely. But, <laughs> but you know, I feel free. You know, I'm, 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 with, just, you, I'm with you, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Shlomo's laughing a lot less than we are. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I took like I took my own cliff notes for each step. So commitment was at any time. I love that you said daily choice. I love the quote that doubt the irony of uh, commitment is that, you know, um, that yeah, it's deeply liberating. Yeah, and, exactly. And yeah, and something. Yeah, I was thinking about sealing the exits. I think that's I think 
there's a big one there is just identifying where we're getting pulled away from each other. Right. So, um, with the detoxing, um, you know, with the, I, I think about like your family and other relationships that can also be toxic to your own relationship. Right. Um, just depending, you know, there can be all that negativity. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, when you talk about acknowledging one another, it's like the way you communicate, right? Pretty much like this teaches you how to communicate in the way that it best suits your partner and you and works the best. Like it's custom communication for, for you guys, correct? Yes. I mean, it, it teaches you how to do that in a, in a, I would say a transformative way because it really helps you not just to be able to talk to each other, but to relate to each other in a different way. Yeah, I always, like, my thought is that every relationship or any system breaks down when there's not enough communication. But I think the way you've laid out the steps, you've really elaborated so much on that. You know, you've given more definition to communication because a lot of it could be communication related or it's all, I mean, that's probably, you know, very foundational. But you've given it so much more specificity. And so I appreciate that. I mean, everyone needs to learn how to, we all need to learn how to communicate with each other a little bit better. Um, I'm looking for uh, an action five. This relates to one of the listener questions I had. Um, you know, what do you do? How do you date again when you forget how to be a couple? When you're just, um, when you're so used to catering only to the kids and it's all you can talk about? Get away. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go. I, I think sometimes, I remember we went away for the first time with without any children i think this was the past summer for like for six we had a bunch of little kids in in succession Mm -hmm. and just like oh like this is so great like you're like a whole different person now like it's just it was almost saying i felt like instantly like we were able to kind of tune out all of our distractions and that that kind of prevents us from coming home and it was so hard to leave but it's so worth it if you can get away for even like a half of a day, you take a day trip. I mean, a night for sure would be great. But even if you could take a day trip, a half a day trip, go to like the capital of your state and just leave for like four hours at least. That would be the least. If you can get away for, you know, three days, even better. But gosh, sometimes you just have to exit the premises. Even we went on a walk a few nights ago and that was just like, oh, like, I'm like, feel like we're a couple, not just parents. Mm-hmm. So it definitely is important to make that time alone time for just the two of you. Yeah, I've gone both ways. I've gone places with my husband where the communication wasn't beautiful. And it was kind of like, uh, maybe he didn't want to be there. And it wasn't, you know, we were alone. And then recently, I think our romance just went to a new level because we went to an old punk rock band that I loved in high school and met up with my high school friends. And we pretended... I pretend we pretended like we were very much younger than we were, and uh, oh, it was a good time. <laughs> and that's yeah, what. Yeah, do something fun. Like you don't like you have to just walk and talk. Like you know, do something fun, like something new, something exciting, because uh, that will get you. That was. It won't just be a change of scenery. It will just be you interact in a whole new way. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's it. Is how do you take that interaction to from being like unmet expectations, you know, of some new thing to like, can we just go back in time and just I don't know something? And sometimes throwing in people that you enjoy being around helps as well. So 
Could be, yeah. I mean, some dates may not be as good, but just keep doing them. Right. I think that's the thing too, persistence, right? Because you might, it might not work out the first time you try to go on a date night for sure. Um, for sure. So what, let's see, I, I kind of covered some of these other ones. Um, do you have thoughts for like, and this might be partially in the book, what if people are being pretty passive aggressive? They've just really become roommates. You know, they're kind of bitter um, ones at that. Do you have any, like, what's a quick action step for that? A gut check. Well, I think, you know, if one spouse is more passive aggressive in how they talk, the one that's less should really just work on doing these five steps and being the best spouse that they can be and just really genuine, but genuinely, you know, working on it. And it could bring the other one around. It just, you know, the people do bad things when they don't feel safe. So they act like kids, they tantrum out, they get passive aggressive. So for some reason, he doesn't feel safe. So if you can work on creating safety by really doing all five of these steps, like cutting out, you know, criticism and sharing daily appreciations and not going out with your girlfriends to avoid him, then all of those things are really going to be a very slow, you know, it's going to kind of slowly take away that passive aggressiveness, I think, because the efforts won't go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I always ask this question to every guest, uh, you know, what is and you kind of touched a little bit about this, you know, when it's just a single, when you don't feel like you've got two to tango there, and you just feel like maybe you're alone, even if it's not completely true, it's just maybe how you feel at that time. So what's your gut reaction, you would tell a couple or maybe just one of the partners since we often listen to podcasts by ourselves in the car and our earbuds that's really just struggling in their relationship at this moment you know would you give them a tip about communication would you tell them you know just step back and re-examine what is something that they can kind of start today that's um actionable that they can uh that might help with their exasperation it's a hard question it's okay. i think the you know one one thing that people can do is you kind of alluded to it, Rifka, already, but just understanding the safety that your 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 partner isn't a villain. They're not out to get you. They're not trying to hurt you. They're really feeling triggered by you, and do the you have to do the best you can to understand what you might be doing to contribute to that, and to take ownership for that, and to to understand how you might be pushing your spouse's buttons and having more compassion for them instead of judging them. So it helps you look at the situation differently. It, you know, instead of looking at them as this mean spouse, you can look at them as a wounded child, and it helps you take it less personally, and also helps you take ownership and do what you can. As you do what you can, it has a ripple effect, and they feel more safe with you, and then you, they can feel more connected. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot you can do on your own, and you know, just some of the things that we talk about on the marriage school is really just understanding yourself, understanding the dynamics of relationships. And just by being aware of that and applying that, it can make a huge difference in the way that you interact, even if your spouse is not doing anything actively to improve the relationship. Right. And I have one more um, point here before we wrap up that you kind of mentioned earlier that I always, because of sure. my lens is so focused on nutrition, I always think that, you know, when you improve you how you feel about yourself and your nutrition, that it's going to make all the other areas of your life better. But I wonder with your relationships, like when you see people improving their relationship, or if they come in and kind of a, a little bit of a mess, you know, how do you see that 
up-level or downgrade the rest of their life and all the other activities, whether it's work, whether it's health. Can this one thing make a huge difference in every area of your life if mm-hmm. you work on your marriage? Is that what you were asking? Yeah, pretty much. Marriage is the and... most important relationship you can have with, an, with another human being in your life. And it's the key relationship. So it, if your marriage isn't safe, and, and it just it, we're, we're so desperately looking for connection, and we're looking to find that person to spend our lives with and have that most intimate relationship with, when it doesn't work, it's very painful and causes a lot of stress. And it can really, I would say, like undermine your general well-being. So it's when you have peace in your home, everything else falls into place. Everything else works works perfectly. But when you don't have peace in your home, then everything else suffers as a result. So we feel it's really essential, I mean, whether it's obvious things like parenting, but even finances, uh, your health, general happiness, it's all related to to whether we have this important pillar. So we really strongly believe that it can make a huge difference on your overall well-being if you're feeling satisfied in, in your relationship. I agree. And, you know, it's probably just the thing. You have to pick the priority of what the problem is and pick the biggest fire in your life to really work on, right? Because there might be a lot of things that are unraveling and you just have to pick the one that makes the most sense. And if it's your marriage, then you really just have to focus on that sometimes to try to improve that one thing. Because sometimes when we're trying to do too many things, we just can't get anywhere. I appreciate you guys so much. I thought you were a joy. I was wondering if you can tell our audience where people can find you and get maybe a more complete version of these action steps. Oh, thank you. It's just our website, themarriagerestorationproject.com. Or if you're particularly interested in marriage school, that's over at soulmatesnotroommates.com. That's soulmatesnotroommates.com with two M's. Um, but we're more than happy to take any questions if people, you know, contact us over at uh, the marriage restoration project.com. I love it. And they can download your book there. That is so awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming sure. on, sharing your steps. You guys oh, are the thank best. You, that was so yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you thank so you. much. I can't Thanks wait to hear us. I can't wait to hear the feedback from from people on this one. So and I will pass it along to you. So if you guys have feedback, let me know. I'll pass it along. Thanks so much. Oh, and uh, Rivka and Rabbi Shlomo let me know that they are having some live versions of their workshops coming up in September. So if this episode really resonated with you and you thought, oh, I really need to get in and do something and one-on-one would be great to actually get my button gear instead of passive, it sounded like you can sign up by the second week of September um, and you can just do that at marriagerestorationproject.com or just reach out to them if you can't find it. Uh, to either Rivka or Rabbi. I hope this was great. Let me know if it was useful to you and please send uh, emails or leave reviews if you want to let me know any other topics or what you loved about a particular episode or wish I would do differently. I care about all your feedback and I can't wait to spend some more time with you next week. Talk soon.